0: Welcome to NARPUM Radio, your source for property management practices and ideas to help your career. Delivered to fit your busy schedule, NARPUM Radio, get tuned in.
1: Welcome to NARPUM Radio, I'm Lisa Noon with NARPUM and I'm talking today with A.J. Shepherd with Uptown Properties in Oregon. And we are talking today about some really interesting things that people listening to this podcast today might be interested in learning about, and that's that's syndication. And how does that work? And what is it all about? So let's kind of start from scratch, AJ, and talk about what, what it is. What is syndication partnership?
0: Glad you asked, Lisa. So just a little bit of background on myself. My brother and I started buying properties back in 2007, 2008, and kind of accumulated a, a fair amount of property. And started upgrading into duplexes and multifamily, kind of started the property management company, which is why I'm involved with NARPM. And over the years, we just kept buying properties. You know, we we got to the point, I think in 2018, 2019, we bought an eight unit complex and we're like, uh, you know, this is a, a fair amount of, of money to do that. And we fixed it up and refinanced it. So we started looking, we're like, we're wondering how can we do, more of these properties, like how can we buy more of them? So we, we kind of came across the concept of syndication and it's kind of nice. Syndication allows for a group of investors to get together and pool their money together to buy a property. And so that's kind of the concept of syndication and it allows us as investors to do more properties and do kind of like buy and acquire them quicker so utilizing syndication allows for us to get more units faster. So,
1: great. That's that's really interesting. So, for those who are listening today who are interested in growing this type of business, there's a couple of ways to do it. One of them, I believe you told me was asset-based formation. What is that exactly?
0: So, there there is two different types of syndications. So, the the one that we use is project-based. So, we go out and we find like a 10, 20, 30 unit complex. And then we create an LLC just for that particular project. So the other type of syndication is asset based or fund based. And what that what you do is you set to raise a certain amount of funds, say two, three million. And then you use that fund and buy multiple different properties or different projects. And then it all reports to that fund. I have not had any experience setting up any fund syndication. Like I said, the ones that we do are project specific, mm-hmm. which does make it kind of nice because you have very a uh, limited scope. Like, you know, that it's just one property. It's going to be a, a certain X amount of units and you're, you're going to be managing this. And the numbers are very set. There isn't very much variation and the variation, I mean, does come in performance. But it's, it's still a set number of investors and a set amount of money. And it's not like you've got money coming in and money coming out of a fund. Okay. So
1: how much would somebody need to think about investing if they wanted to go into something like that?
0: That's a good question. I'm just going to clarify a little bit. Uh, do you, are you asking about setting up like a syndication project or are you talking about being an investor into a syndication?
1: I think being an investor, I think there, there might be some of our listeners who'd be interested in partnering in a project like this. What would they be? Sure. What, what typically might they be in for, financially sure. speaking?
0: Sure. And so every syndicator does it differently. But I want to say kind of like the going number is like 50,000 is generally kind of like what shares run for. But like I said, every syndicator does it differently and they offer different types of returns for different types of projects. That's kind of where a lot of people, I see a lot of people. And again, there's many other syndicators out there doing all sorts of projects. What's nice though, is that being on the, the GP side, so we call that the LP side, which is kind of like the limited partner or, and then on the GP side, if you're running that as a general partner, you can participate in your own syndications and setting that up as can be much less than that. So if you're a property manager and you actually want to set up your own syndication and pool together money with investors, it's significantly less cost and you're, you're able to set it up and, you know, get an apartment complex, maybe with some of your clients or something like that. So that can be a, a cool way to grow your, grow your business, your property management business and be the property manager on it.
1: So it sounds like you could be as, as involved or perhaps as passive as you want to be when when you're working with something like that. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, in our case, we're, we're typically the general partner or sponsor on the deal. We're the ones that qualify for the loans. We're the ones that go out and find the project. We perform the usually a value add and we add value to the property and provide investor returns. So it's, it's acts a lot like property management, except in the fact that you're participating in the acquisition of the property.
1: And so all the properties are going to be rental properties. Is that, is that what we're talking yeah, about? Yeah.
0: So we, we focus on kind of the, the middle. So I guess the way that we look at it as a company is, you know, you have your single single family homeowners. Uh, So they own single family homes, maybe some duplexes and fourplexes. Those type of people typically qualify for agency-backed financing. So the government typically buys up those loans. As soon as you get above five units, it has to be a commercial lender. And that sort of arena is a little bit different for financing. So you get this kind of like between five units and I don't know, I'd say about 50 to 60 units is this kind of like middle area where as a, a residential property manager, you probably find yourself managing some type of units like this. Once you get above like that 55 level, it typically has an onsite manager and the, the scaling of it makes it a lot easier because you've got that person that boots on the ground. You can afford that their rental unit. You can afford for them to be there. And it's more about managing an employee as opposed to managing a property. So we find that we're, we're poised very well to Kind of buy up these properties that are between 10 and 50 units so um, if
1: somebody's listening to this and they say oh I'm not a property manager but I'd like to invest in property then they would be more on the passive side and they're investing right. money but you do all the management yep okay all right very uh, so, interesting
0: so yeah we're mm-hmm. using syndication as a way to grow our, our property management company and it's to acquire right. properties and bring them in and bring them under management.
1: Okay. So, what if we have property managers out there who want to do this themselves? Would you recommend that or would you recommend that they work with somebody like you who's been doing it for a while and knows the ins and outs or what how would somebody get started in this?
0: My suggestion is always reading books and you know, gaining knowledge and and getting listening to podcasts, you know, listening to podcasts like this. This is a very basic introduction to syndication but there are mm-hmm. podcasts that are specifically just about syndication. Mm-hmm. I'm happy to answer more in-depth questions as well. We actually just performed our second syndication and we this is our second one this year. Uh, and we, we purchased 12, 12 units for about 1.7 million. We had about eight or nine investors on the deal. And now we're just getting the units kind of fixed up and leased out and then moving forward and providing returns to investors.
1: Okay. So, I mean, everybody knows that, that properties are typically going to be a good, solid investment, a, a safe investment, if you will. What kind of return would people expect to receive on this type of, of initiative?
0: So, again, every syndicator is different, and I'm sure that every deal is different. Typically, the, a lot of the syndicators will measure their deals on IRR so irr is internal rate of return so if you can expect to make a certain amount of money so like in the stock market you can kind of expect to make seven eight percent a year maybe if it's a couple great years you make 12 or 13 percent, something like that and so you you expect to make that seven percent year after year so the irr is fairly similar so it kind of compares apples to apples so if you can expect to make seven percent on your money every year compounded that's would kind of be like a 7% IRR. So typical real estate investments, the ones that we're seeing are anywhere from 15% up to 35%. I see developers offering the, the higher end of that. So typically, with the higher rates of return, the higher IRRs include higher rates of risk. So it's kind of understanding what, what sort of risk the syndicators is posing and, and that's kind of usually where it falls.
1: Do people generally need to be living or, or, or working their business in the area where the property is located, or does it matter?
0: So we always say it's great to vet the syndicator as much as it is the property. Like somebody can put in front of you a, a deal that looks uh, just like gold, but if it can't be run correctly, then it's it's not going to work anyway. So really getting to know the, the syndicator and how they work and what they do and how they, you know, are, are able to make those returns. Uh, that's, that's as important as it is finding a good deal.
1: Okay. Tell us about the tax advantages that somebody might receive when they're working with this sort of thing.
0: Sure. So in, in most of our deals, we do what's called a cost segregation. Uh, and if you're familiar with real estate investing, cost segregation is the ability to front load all of your depreciation so instead of just taking the the improvement value and dividing it over the taxable like set standard of 27 and a half years or 39 and a half years for commercial, what you do is you say like, well, the windows need to be replaced every 15 years. So you put that on a 15 year schedule and the paint is every seven years. So you put that on a schedule, seven year schedule. So what it does is it brings all the, the those costs up front. And one of the best things about real estate investing is the ability to take depreciation taxes. So that will offset your passive income by reducing the amount of taxable income. So say you make you know, $15,000 in um, income from rents and whatnot, but on our typical deals, you'll probably have 15 to $20,000 in depreciation that particular year. So typically, um, we see most of, our, most of our syndication deals have some sort of loss for the first few years. And then after that, so that's a loss on paper, even though you're actually receiving cash as an, in, as an investor.
1: So assuming that th- those funds are being spent to maintain or improve the property, uh, do, do the investors need to provide a share into that expense or is their investment covering those expenses?
0: Depreciation's a number that the tax man has essentially said that like your house is after this many years going to be worthless. So I wouldn't say it's a tax loophole, but it's one of the biggest benefits of owning real estate. So the investor would have to share in expenses of, you know, say the tenant doesn't pay for utilities or there's a turnover that costs a little bit more. Yeah. Like that'll come out of the, the income of the rent uh, as well as like the financing. And then whatever's left over is what the, and the limited partners would receive.
1: Okay. So let's just say there's five partners that own a single-family home, and it's a 5,000-square-foot home, and it needs a new roof. Would they all share in that repair expense? Is that how that would work?
0: Yeah, yeah. That would typically come Mm -hmm. out of revenue
1: okay all right great i just so we understand so tell us about then what are the the risks involved in participating as a limited partner in something like this
0: sure i mean so the risks can be varying fairly wide i mean like say there's a bad tenant that doesn't pay rent for however long i mean that can certainly be one of the cases here with covid say the renter organizes a strike and then has everybody not pay like that could be one of the worst case scenarios haven't seen that but i mean it's a possibility so i mean you start thinking about like really adverse situations and those are a lot of the risks you know uh, there's some insurance for a lot of those like say a tree falls through one of the the roofs like you know you're gonna have insurance to cover that yeah i'm trying to think of like i mean it's just like inherent risk like maybe that people start moving out of the city and rents go down. Well, that, that could be a risk as to why the investment would go down. That's typically in the history of real estate. That's not something that we've seen very often. Um, I know that like in some of the cities, uh, larger cities today, like New York and uh, some of the inter, the larger inner cores like Seattle are seeing a decrease in rents because people don't wanna live on top of each other in apartments. And it's this kind of like concept of urbanizing the suburbs where people are again, moving moving out and wanting more space. Uh, you know, you have to mention COVID is, is here and it seems like it's gonna be here a while. So people are deciding that they want to move out. So if, you know, your syndicators buying property in that area, you wanna make sure that they're very conservative with their forecast for appreciation. You know, we have assumptions on our pro forma we look at. So we typically assume a 3% appreciation with uh, our property. So, you know, taxes go up, cost of goods go up. Like that means that it's just more money to recreate that same same property, same same improvement. So typically we're, we feel that we're fairly conservative with that. I wanna say over the last 10 years, like it was like an average of 7% appreciation for properties. And we do also uh, in- include on our pro forma uh, increase in expenses. So we do a 2% increase in expenses. But so these are some of the like, there's assumptions that these syndicators will use. And you want to, when you're vetting them and vetting the deal, you'll want to go over and make sure that you understand why, why they're choosing these. So we, we look at when we purchase property, kind of what the cap rate is. And typically in, in Portland, we're looking anywhere from like a five to seven cap. If we get up to like six, we're pretty excited about it right now because uh, a lot of the A plus properties are trading and they're like a four, four and a half cap. So, and we typically buy in like a B or C class and then try to increase the value of the units through construction and management practices and bring them up to like a b b plus we're not We're not looking in like the the A market for sure.
1: Okay. All right. Very interesting. So we talked a little bit about the risks, the rewards certainly would be the income, the uh, a different way to have an investment that maybe the tax advantages. What what to you is the the reward of participating in something like this?
0: Well, I mean a lot of people have you know a good amount of money in the stock market and seeing those Uh, You know, you've seen the huge dip that we had at the beginning of COVID and, you know, this kind of undulating up and down. Real estate is also a good haven from inflation. We know that there's been a lot of money being pumped into the economy and not exactly sure how that's going to affect, but uh, they're not making more real estate. So its value inherently just has to go up when there's a lot of inflation devaluation of the dollar. And uh, we've seen a lot of people make a lot of money in real estate and having an investment in actual land and income producing land can be seen as very beneficial. I can attest that I've made a lot more real money in real estate than any stocks. So it just depends on where you want to put your money. You know, some people say that like gold's going to be good or cryptocurrency or like some other stuff. I have always been a big proponent of real estate. It's tangible. You can touch it. You know that everybody needs a place to live. So Uh, We definitely feel like it's a a very sound investment. We're not developing anything new, so not a lot of risk with construction. i have always found that development can get held up and construction financing costs a lot more. So typically what we're looking at is uh, something that's already been built, and then we're adding value by upgrading units kind of as they come available. So very, in our opinion, very low risk. We've done a ton of these. So that's kind of where we're coming from is it being very valuable, you know, you're making the IRRs, it's not guaranteed, but it they've been proven before that we've been able to meet, reach, reach those.
1: So I, I, as, a, as we were talking, I, I think there's probably one thing that we haven't talked about is sure. how long do you typically keep a property?
0: So we're usually in it for at least five years. And that, that is one of the drawbacks. Like if you want easy access to the money, it's going to be tough, but we, our syndication typically will distribute quarterly. So you will get a portion of money back kind of quarterly. And then if a refinance happens, some of that money may come back to you, but your, your is usually working for at least five years. Wait, we, we've only started doing these syndication with investors. So I have not come across a sale yet but certainly in the future we will, we, we commit that, you know, after five years we'll address uh sell in it or an exit strategy and, and just kind of come to a meeting of the minds and, and figure out what to do. But that's, that's generally going to be with a sale of the property. Okay. Interesting. So
1: what else do you think that our listeners today need to know about if they're, they're thinking about dipping their toes in, into investment syndication?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, kind of understanding what what side you want to participate on, whether you want to be on the GP or the LP. You know, I always, I'm a property manager company as well. And so I think property managers are very poised to put together a deal. I mean, one of the hardest parts of syndication and the hardest parts is actually doing the management of the property. So if people want to grow their doors and acquire some real estate, I think this is a a good model to, to do so. As far as investors, it's great it's a great way to you know include clients or investors that maybe don't have enough money to purchase a single family home and invest in it and maybe they don't want to either right like it's you know they they know that they want to be involved in real estate but they don't necessarily want to do the management or do all the fixing up and you know, in a syndication you get a partner along someone that's a professional and then has done both the real estate investing the management and the asset management and all that goes along with it so it's really pretty cool. You get a partner along with a, a real seasoned professional.
1: That's true. That's definitely a bonus for for those of um, our listeners who are not, you know, property managers or realtors who are listen are listen to this because they are just very much interested in real estate as an investment and real estate as you know part of what they they like to put their money into. This would be a great way for them to do that. So. Yeah, very, very informative and uh, very, very interesting, AJ. So if anybody wants to learn more about this, should they contact you? What, what's a good place to start?
0: Yeah, I mean, if anybody has any questions or wants to learn more, my email is aj at uptownpm.com. I'm actually going to be the RVP for the Pacific and Pacific Island Division for NARPAM coming up. So happy to connect like virtually or through email. Yeah, happy to happy to help
1: that would be great we'll have to talk about that uh that rvp position but that's for another podcast
0: <laughs> sounds good thanks for listening to narpum radio for more details on today's subject refer to the show notes or visit org slash radio and we'll see you next time on narpum radio